Welcome back, everyone, to the season two premiere of Puzzled Minds Podcast. Um, it was great to have that week off, but I think we're ready to kind of kick things back into gear. Um, today, today's episode is brought to you by the letter R for religion. Um, shout out to Zarin from the Root of All Randomness Podcast for bringing light to this topic. Um, definitely go check out their stuff. Great content over there. Um, so this will be a kind of like a two-part series, much much of like what we had with the OnlyFans episode last week or last season. I'm sorry. Uh, so be on the lookout for that uh, that other episode in the upcoming Wednesday. Um, I guess today we have Anthony. Um, he's going to talk about his teen years as a teen years in is it a juvenile? Is that what we say? Well, I guess yeah. Well, I'm French Canadian, and here we call it juvenile. Juvenile. So, Guessing okay. in English would be the same thing. <laughs> um, you know, his teen years in the juvenile with the intentions of spending his life in the church, and then he had a crisis and then kind of walked away never to look back. Um, so please give him a warm welcome. Hello. Um, yeah, thank, so you re- for the, uh, thank you for the Sesame Street introduction. Our, <laughs> that was really nice. Thank you. Yeah, maybe we'll do that with the, uh, with the rest of the season, the Sesame Street exactly. intro. Um, yeah, so the reason why we want to do this topic, we kind of wanted to get an insight on why people go from, you know, religious to atheist. And then I guess next week, it'll be the, the reverse of atheist to religious. Um, so your particular situation, um, you know, do you kind of just want to explain your story and, and all that stuff? Uh, well, sure, I guess. Um, I guess like everybody, it stems from family, people who walk uh, towards its need, um, something they didn't have when they grew up when they were kids and to me it was a bit of the opposite i walked towards it because i had a family that was extremely conservative Mm -hmm. um and religious but i i didn't we didn't have that really that that warm feeling of of acceptance uh, of um familial feeling if you want in my family not that my parents were, were bad or anything it's just they were extremely conservative they were raised that way it's not their fault they they were with the tools they had, like any parent does. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I guess for me, at a young age, going towards religion was a way for me to be accepted by them because that was the one thing they responded to, religion. And then when I met that, that school, the juvenile that I went to, um, uh, I, I had this feeling that I'd never had before of, of a community of people really belonging to each other and looking out for each other and accepting. And sorry to cut you off. Could you uh, tell us exactly what particular religion you were raised in? Oh, a, a Christian, Catholic, Christian. Christian, Catholic. Okay. I, I forgot to say. So it, it, to me, it goes without saying in French Canadian, we call it uh, pure wool here. So when you're. Uh, what is it called? You said pure what? Pure wool. We said wool. it in French. When you're um, French Canadian, that your family descends from the original French colonists, uh, you wear wool, you wear wool socks, wool everything, so you are pure wool. Okay. Uh, um, I, thought, I thought that was because like, it was cold as shit up there, but yeah, that exactly. too. Well, we do play hockey a lot, uh, so uh, and outside, but uh, I mean, global warming, let's not talk about politics, but we don't have the winters we used to have. So yeah. yes, it used to be cold as hell, but not anymore. I got you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, when, when I went to that school, when I discovered that school, it, it, it gave me a feeling that I never had. So I, I decided this is it. This is what I want to do. I said that at 12 years old. This is what I do, <laughs> this is what I do for the rest of my life. I want to be part of that community. Uh, the thing is, um, it gives you, when you're inside it, it gives you a look behind the mirror. 
like when you work in the movie industry, the magic kind of crashes down because you look behind how it's done and it's not as interesting. And the thing with the Catholic religion um, is that there's an awful lot of hypocrisy. And I'm not judging it. It's just um, most of the people who used to join these orders, these brotherhoods, or become priests, uh, we have a name for that now in 2020. We call that incel, involuntary celibate. Those people chose a life of celibacy probably because they didn't have a choice. They were condemned to it anyway. And there's a, there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of resentment. So you have this institution that even here today in 2020, they still refuse to let women be part of it. They still refuse, uh, for most of them, same-sex marriage. They still refuse to modernize, which is why basically the, the, this, this religion is, is going not down the drain, but it's a lot less powerful than it used to be and a lot, lot less um, followers than they used to have. Mm -hmm. But to me, it was, it was the hypocrisy that you're supposed to, uh, you're, you're preaching, love everybody, don't judge, throw the first stone, things like that. But I was in part of a community where the teachers, the brothers um, were very selective to whom they like and whom they encourage, maybe harsh towards some, very nice toward others. And you felt that the things they were preaching, they were not practicing they were very harsh very judgy not very accepting and it kind of gave me um a second thought that was the first uh, crisis of faith that i had i think i was around 15 uh when the uh, the headmaster was was this really 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 nasty man who needed to control everybody and i realized that a lot of the church's history is about control is about telling people um, you need to fear god you need to tell to do sorry what god tells you to do what we tell you to do even though sometimes it contradicts everything else that god is supposed to be about and you can see you can see that throughout the catholic religion's history you can see that the uh, they always tell you you have to believe and you cannot put in doubt what we tell you otherwise you're like that apostle that doubted that jesus was coming back and then he did and you can't be like that so you can't question what we tell you and you have to do what we tell you and that to me raised a lot of red flags because it's something that's throughout the religion. And I thought, okay, I, I do, I do believe in this God and this religion, but the institution that claims to speak for it goes completely against what they're saying. And that was my first red flag. Um, the second one came when I was um, the year that I was supposed to uh, pronounce my vows and to join the community as a whole for the rest of my life. Um, there was scandal of sexual nature i don't want to get into it because mm -hmm. what happened to was one of my friends but um it, i know that it didn't happen a lot of rumors about these things going on in the church and i was there he was my friend i know what happened and uh, when it did happen and when it did come out a lot of these scandals of the past started coming up and started mm -hmm. resurfacing and it went back to as far as 50 years oh, wow. and just to tell you how serious it was there's still a trial pending a class action about hundreds of people uh, who are suing this community that has schools all around the province. It's still going on today. That's how serious and far-reaching it is. And to, to your point, I just have a question. Sorry yeah. to cut you yeah. off. It's like, why do you think that we always find it's the, I noticed the Catholic church in particular always seems to be enthralled in like sexual related scandals. And then we'll you know, like the Protestant, you know, Protestant faith, it always seems, seems to be something related to money. Like, you know, someone spending money where they're not supposed to. I need to get down to this, you know, my other congregation, but I need to find a $2.3 million jet to get down there. 
You know, that right. tends, tends to be the Protestant style. But the Catholics tend to have all these sexual scanners in nature. Yeah. I, I can't remember the quote. I'm trying to remember who said it, but there's a quote that I always uh, like to, to, to say in these occasions when that question is asked. Uh, mm. The two most powerful institutions in the world, the church and the mafia, money mm. and religion are power. They are power, basically. So why Protestants' money? Why Catholics' uh, sexual activity? I think that in the terms of, of Catholic Church, like I said, a lot of people who join it, join it for the wrong reason. Uh, joining because they feel bullied, because they feel like they, they are always cast away. They're always the black sheep. They need to belong to something. But there is an insecurity. There's a deep, deep need, a deep pain that they think they can resolve just by joining this community. But it only makes things worse. And forcing you and repressing all these feelings that you have inside, it just explodes. So these people, um, you, you, we talk about the, these, these Catholic churches um, uh, scandals. They're mostly elderly members of the church who, who do them. So people who grew up at a time when anything of a sexual nature was being repressed. So of course, in the 1950s, being gay was, was the worst thing you could be. Mm. Uh, other than black, I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to say that black people weren't oppressed, but you couldn't be gay. So a lot of people joined the church because they couldn't understand, understand themselves. You were black and gay. You were just in, you were just in the situation. Oh, you were fudged. You were completely <laughs> done for. Uh, but I, I think that's what it is. People were, were not able to deal with it. And those who didn't feel the sexual attraction, man who didn't feel sexual attraction toward a woman, felt that it's because he's been called by God, or at least explained it this way. So join the church. But as I said, when you repress a problem, it just gets bigger and bigger until it explodes, until the corks just pops. I, at least that's my theory. That's my observation of things from seeing so many people that I know who, who have been going through these changes. Uh, that, that's how I feel about it. And I could tell stories about my own mom, who, uh, who was an extremely religious person, who has that hypocrisy that I, that I mm -hmm. talk about so much. And herself, too, has this... this um, as that sexual issue. I got to tell you, it's really uncomfortable when your, your 60 year old mom talks to you about her sexuality. Finally, it's, it's not comfortable, but I had that conversation with her. Wow. Well, um, after 30 years of marriage, she just couldn't take it. She just couldn't take a life of living with someone where there wasn't really a sexual act in nature, but she always repressed it because of religion, because you, you procreate just to reproduce and then that's it. That's what religion tells her to do i mean is there anything is there anything explicitly in the bible that says or in the bible or you know i guess that says that um you know like i guess sex recreationally is something that a sin or is it something that's kind of like this law this rule that's kind of just manifested due to the way that you have to live as a catholic aside from the ten commandments you, you can't interpret the bible any way you want yeah so there's nothing that explicitly says that you need to do it, but they're going to give you passages like, uh, I don't know, Abraham was 150 years old and had an encounter with his maid, with uh, someone who was helping them because his wife could not produce a child and had an encounter with her. An encounter. So that's the male equivalent of saying an entanglement. <laughs> like <laughs> 2020 is about entanglements. Back then it's encounters. Exactly. In order to have a child, in order to have an heir. So it was okay then to have sex outside of wedlock to have right. a child. And there's a few examples like that in the Bible. They never said he cheated on his wife. They say he had an encounter yeah. to reproduce. And, and I 
could probably look in and tell you the messages, but people who did study the Bible will tell you that it is right. But you can interpret that any way you want. That's the thing about the, the, the Catholic Church. I mean, look at all these, these televangelists right now who are saying that the pandemic is due to gay sex, is due to people not voting for Donald Trump, and they'll be able to give you a Bible verse that explains that exactly. Mm-hmm. But they're so, twisting it to, they're, it's almost like they're twisting the fit the narrative they want to put out there. Exactly. Because, yeah, that's what it tends to, seems to be. So, The one mistake that I did, I have to tell you, the one big mistake that I did is that when I left this, uh, this life of church, I decided to study history. I did uh, a BA in history, which makes things even worse because I studied how the Bible, as we know it today, came to be, which in a nutshell, it was written by monks, by unsatisfied men who created power during the Middle Ages. So there's a good chance that everything that you read in the Bible today is not exactly true or not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, it does, it does come from certain, certain aspects of reality. It probably was someone named Jesus Lib. I'm not, I don't want people to turn off your show and say, hey, he's a heretic. It maybe did happen. I don't know. But I'm saying the way that we read the Bible now was written by people who were coming into their power because the Middle Ages is synonymous with church power, with Catholic religion's power. They're the ones who basically colonized the entire world. Uh, and and try to convert everybody to uh, to uh, Catholicism, which is why so many countries does have the Catholic Church as their main. Like even in Japan, you have Catholic in China and in South America. Uh, so so the Bible, as you know it, uh, came as I said from from people who were just looking for power, and this is why you have so many uh, so many references quote-unquote, against women, against having women involved and saying that women should keep in their place and should be under men. It's because it was written by men who were trying to assert their power. At least that's how I interpret my research of it when I study history. Uh, but this, that was my final, my last um, turn against, if you will, religion. But my, my problem at that point was not, it was not against God or against the religion. It was against the institution, against the people that claimed to represent it, that I thought they were all hypocrites. And I thought I should, I should follow these teachings my own way because a lot of it, is, it makes perfect sense. Love your neighbor, don't cheat on your wife, don't kill people unless you're the government and they're judged. But, you know, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's common sense. It's basic decency. It's what uh, the French call the social contract. You have to respect others if you want society to function. If you want people to treat you a certain way, you have to do the same thing. So that to me was, was just common sense. The religion was trying to teach you terms of decency. So I thought I should follow it. Uh, and my, my personal big problem came um, uh, when I was in college. Uh, my older sister died in a car crash. She was about to turn 19. Start here then. Thank you, Baba. That was years ago. Thank you so much, though. And, um, she would have turned 19 uh, five days later, and everybody was saying, it's God's will. It's God's plan. God mm-hmm. works in mysterious ways. Uh, the thing is, my sister and I, we weren't always very, very close, but we were, at the end, we were close friends. And she has lived more in her barely two decades than most people will in 70 years. Mm-hmm. She would lived more intently and she was, she was a spitfire. She was a social warrior. Uh, everybody loved her, even though she had a credible temper, but she was going to change the world. The world is a much, 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 much worse place without her in it. So I, I, I mean, I, 
when people tell you God works in mysterious ways, it's again a mean of control, a mean of saying, shut up and don't think about it. Just follow what people tell you to do. Don't think about things you don't understand. And that to me, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't do that to people. You can't create a whole, a whole species and, and force them and bring fire down on them and, and punish them. But then when something bad happens to them, say, yeah, don't think about it. It's my plan. I'm not going to tell you why. And it, it put in question my belief in God and in, in anything after life. So as I said, I, I study history. And to me, um, well, history has, has uh, history at least where I studied it has the most precise method of research. Our course to, to learn a method of research in history was attended by people from journalism, from people from uh, the law department. It is very thorough when you do your, your course in that department, you, uh, you know how to do research, you know how to leave out fake news, as everybody mm-hmm. says today, and you know how to get to not necessarily the truth, but to understand where everything, every piece of information you have comes from and why. So to me, that, that nature of God yeah. came into question as itself. Yeah. Why don't you go with what you can see instead? Just go with mm-hmm things that are right in front of you instead of putting your hands into this entity that basically may not exist. It just, it's given power to people who should not be in power. That was my, my last, uh, my last crisis of faith against God, not just the institution, but against God. So it's not that I refuse God in my life. It's not that I deny his existence, but I prefer living as a human being in a world, in a physical world that I can see and trying to change this world myself. And if it happens, there's no greater reason I should mourn. You have the right to be sad. You have the right to be angry. You have the right to curse the universe for it to happen. There is no good reason for it. It's just the world is a shitty place. Wear a helmet and deal with it and then move forward and try to make it a better place yourself. So I realized that we we all have that power, that power that we give away to somebody else. We all have it inside ourselves. So we have to use it and you have to deal with things in a human way. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, no, 100%. Um, You know, in the beginning, you had mentioned that you kind of joined it for a sense of community um, with like religion, you know, and some people, I guess, join it due to like deep pains or whatever it is. And um, there was an interview that I was listening to. um, It was particularly with Scientology and how uh, the the girl from the King of Queens, her name is like Leah. Yeah. Leah. Yeah. She's been one of the biggest, uh, most outspoken people against Scientology within the last couple of years. Yeah, Yeah. I heard about her. And just essentially just, you know, as she got deeper and deeper into the religion, she kind of realized that there are some things that um, she didn't necessarily agree with, um, you know, stuff that she thought was real isn't really, um, it's kind of just like, you know, you kind of just take orders and just don't think about it, just do what they say. And, you know, she didn't really accept that kind of in the same situation that you were in, um, you know, like a lot of hypocrisy, um, you know, the preaching of loving, but then kind of being a selective of who you do love and all that, and um, that type of stuff. And so it's really, like, I really do kind of, uh, how do I say this? To me, like, I, I always see, like, for me, at least, like, I'm not a very religious person. Like, I grew up as a, as a Catholic. Uh, my parents were very, very religious, but not that I've lost faith. It's just that I don't practice, um, like, religion myself. Like I, I, I don't go to church. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't pray like anything. Not that I don't identify, but I also don't, what is the word I want to use? Um, like my, 
right now, I guess in my, my point in life, I don't really align with those type of, of values. And maybe when I have kids, maybe they will realign. I'm not sure, but it's just something that I always thought about, you know, like when I was in, in church, I wouldn't, I would be, I guess, trying to listen to the sermon or whatever it was, but in the back of my mind, I was actually trying to, I think I was like trying to scheme on how to make money in like an online computer game. Like it was just like, Oh, if I do this, this, and this, then I can make this amount of money. Like I understand the, the point of having like church, you know, just like you said before, to have those values of, you know, don't, don't kill, don't cheat on your wife, stuff like that. And I think it's like, for some people it's beneficial, but you know, some people don't um i guess when they do further research as in your case you realize that there are some things that are misconstrued i guess if that makes sense yeah. that, that, that time in church you mentioned is, is interesting because i i used that when i was a kid i used that time in church to um um i guess i would say center mm-hmm. to to uh, to be at peace because in, in my house everybody was loud and um it wasn't always peaceful. It was, it was nice. And at church, you had this, this wonderful singing, this wonderful music. Mm-hmm. Then everybody is quiet and stays still. And you have this large space that is incredibly peaceful. So to me, that was a time to, it was a break. Once a week, you took a break for about 90 minutes that everything was peaceful. Nobody was talking to me. Nobody was bothering me. It was just so nice. So it was my, my one break out of the week that I liked from that time. And I guess that feeling really, uh, I don't, income pastors of my life. I wanted to feel that way every single day and not just once a week. Um, I, I, I am curious to know, though, if you, um, if somebody asks you what your religion is, will you automatically say, yes, I'm Catholic? Or will you go with the motion of, well, I don't know. That's, that's actually a really good question because I, you know, I, I don't really talk about religion in general with, even with people that I know, um, like really well, you know, I, I think I'll preface it with that. I was raised as Catholic, but if they ask me, are you religious? I think I would say no. I think, I don't, I don't know what classification I guess that would be. You go with your baptism and not what you practice really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess so. Yeah. Cause like I said, I'm not, and I know there's being religious is a self-interpreted type of notion. You know, what you interpret it as is what you, what you make of it. And so for me, at least, like, I don't think I am the quote standard Catholic in the sense of going to church, um, you know, praying and stuff like that. But I still, I think just from a normal human being aspect of doing right in the community of, you know, not cheating, not, you know, yeah and rape and like yeah, the basic, stuff like that like, yeah yeah so. basic fundamentals of being a decent human being yeah I, yeah that's i mean that's an interesting question that you asked uh anthony i was i mean i for me in particular i was raised in a split denominational household so my mother was catholic my father was protestant so okay. growing up with that i always i always interpreted Catholicism as the easier of the two denominations to understand. So in me now, I consider myself Christian, but I actually don't, I actually don't like denominations because denominations to me is just a concept of saying like you have the overarching, you know, religion, like we have this guy and you know, guy in the sky that's responsible for everything. You know, here are a set of rules. Don't, you know, don't violate them. And then now as human beings, we've, you know, essentially broken that down into categories and it's up to an individual interpretation. 
So I think denominations are almost in an arrogant standpoint to say, well, my interpretation of thinking about it is the right way. And then you have that broken into like a thousand different groups. So right around the time I graduated from college, uh, that's when I started coming in more into this mindset where I don't, I don't believe in the concept of denominations. I think that ultimately it's, it's kind of hard. I don't trust human word. You, I don't trust human beings interpretation of anything. Also at the same time, I, that's when I kind of, I wouldn't call it as a crisis of faith, I guess, because me for say, I would say I'm not practicing because I haven't been to church in, I want to say like a year or two, you know, but it, I know that my belief in a higher power is my way of, my way of understanding why all this exists, why we're spinning in the galaxy right now at, you know, millions, a thousand of miles an hour next to a giant fireball that somehow is controlling whether we live or die on this spinning. Like all these things that don't make sense other than some being beyond my comprehension exists is, is the reason why for me in particular, I've come to, I've come to realize that I have to, you know, I have to, I have to believe. And, but um, it's one of it's one of those things where I think as I've grown, as I've gotten older and older, every now and then, it, nothing is ever solidified for me. Nothing's ever solidified in the sense of like, I don't think that what what this God could be to me doesn't have to be something that comes in human form. It could very well be some sentient cosmic cloud, you know, that created everything. I'm always, I've never agreed with the idea that it has to be something human i think that's the most arrogant thing about human beings it's like of course god would look like us of long hair and beautiful skin and ripped abs and he would say you live and you die like of course human beings have to somehow make this omnipotent being in their image but for me i just believe that there are things that are just beyond my comprehension and i I don't know. It's one of those things where I don't know. You talk to me in 10 years, I could be giving you a different answer. I could be in the middle of like some, you know, Scientology thing and be like, you know what? Yeah, man, this Game Boy is my new God, you know? But I think a lot of times, I think people have to understand, like you said, you made a good point in the beginning that what is your reason to coming to religion? And I think that kind of shapes everything else and how you interpret it. And for me, it's just to make sense of things that are beyond my comprehension. This, uh, it's, it's a need. It's a powerful need that we, we have to, you said it yourself, you have to put a label on everything. We, that's how we are. We need to explain and put a label, categorize everything. Otherwise, it's, it's, uh, it's too scary. Like, again, I'm going to take this pandemic example here that as a human being, it attacks our, our survival instincts. We need, we need an enemy. We need somebody to punish, somebody to fight. But it's a virus. You can't blame it. You can't fight it. You can't explain it. And you can't really protect yourself against it. So a lot of people don't respond to that well. It goes to their primal instinct of having to find anything else to blame for it. So they're going to go, uh, well, it's, it's the mask. It's people who want to control you by making you uh, wear masks. It's the Chinese who invented a virus to, to kill us all. It's the government who are trying to control you. So that's why we have so many conspiracy theorists during this pandemic, because there is no explanation to what happens. You just have to accept that it is happening, period. Deal with it. There is no, uh, there is no vaccine against it. There is no way to cure it. There is no way to really protect yourself against it, except do what you're told, stay, stay in a distance and wear a mask. But people can't, can't accept that. We need somebody to punch in the face because of it. We need a, 
an enemy that we can control, that we can fight. And I think that's the same thing with religion. We can't accept that it just is, that this, this incredibly gigantic universe just is. So we, uh, we live in a really binary world that we're just trying to understand maybe is not binary. We need to have a man and a woman, a male and females. So we need God to be a man. And now you have a lot of women who are saying God is a woman. Why does it have to be one or the other? Well, like you said, isn't it just maybe many things, hundreds of thousands of things that together are what we call God? I think we, we, we are hundreds of thousands of years away from really understanding how everything works. But it's too big for us. It's too long for us. So we went with the simple explanation of something that we can see, that we can name, that we can put a label in, that we can punch in the face if we need. One man, this bearded guy that we call God. So when you when you left at seventeen, um, yep. did you did you still have any contact with anyone at that juvenile, or are you kind of like exiled from? from there like no one can talk to you like how does that how does that uh, well it was a boarding school okay it was a really old style boarding school where we would stay for a whole month without coming home uh-huh. we would go home five days at the end of the month and then go back so um so everybody who was there was from different part of the province and i don't know if you've ever seen quebec on a map but it's it's freaking wide mm-hmm. it's really really big so we had people some from all over in it um, and this was in the 1980s so uh yeah the kids that was 120 years ago so it's, um, there was no internet and there was no cell phone. There was no mm-hmm. email. There was no texting. There was just mail, mail. So it was, it was hard to, to keep in touch with someone who lives 250 miles away. So I didn't stay in touch with most of them. Uh, two or three, I think we stayed in touch. Two or three that uh, came to college when we, we stayed in touch the, during the time that we went to college. But otherwise, no. No, uh, I, I, I haven't, uh, I haven't been in touch with him. It wasn't an exile. It's just, um, I didn't try because it's a part of my life that I walked away from. So I didn't shut it out. I wasn't shut out from them. It's just move on to something else, and you lose interest into it, and you yeah. interest into something different. But it is weird though that you guys uh, did this this ad to talk about this because last week uh, my whole headmaster from when I was uh, 14 at the school sent me um, a package of spin tops that we used to we had a wood shop over there and we used to make spin tops that we do competition with in the schoolyard and uh, the school is about to close they're they're going to close in a couple of years so um, they're contacting all the old students and sending a memento reminder of their time oh, spent wow. there. So he sent he sent me a, a box of spin tops, a really big wooden spin tops, and they're freaking beautiful. They're handmade, and um, all these feelings came came crashing back to me. And then you guys showed up and uh, and to talk about this about all the, this stuff. And I I don't know I I, I believe I in coincidences, not uh, signs. That's God's plan, right? Exactly. Well, if if there is such a thing as a sign, then this is it. I need to, it means I need to confront my past once and for all, and then I can move forward. Yeah. So so that's actually a really good thing. So when you you know you had mentioned that you received that package, like what um, when you say that you want to confront it, how like how are you going to go about that? Um. Well, I'm a parent, so uh, I, I need I need to to, in a way, transmit something to my kids' legacy, mm-hmm. and to educate mm-hmm. them and to help them form their own mind and make their own choice. Even though my kids are artistic, they're, they're not really going to be able to understand something as concrete as uh, as abstract as religion. But um, 
I, I do think about that a lot lately, what I'm going to help my children understand as to the world that surrounds them. Um, and I think, like I said, when I walked away from it, I didn't really deal maybe entirely with the psychological aspect of why I was joining that and why I was leaving it. And it's, it's still a work in progress. Mm-hmm. So I, that's why I said I don't, I don't deny the existence of God nor believe in it. I'm trying to go through a journey of understanding myself first and then the world that surrounds us. And the more I, <laughs> the more I go forward, the less I do understand our world. So I'm, I, I think I'm, I'm about to resolve myself to just try to make my part to, to, to make it a better place. Mm-hmm. And when I leave it, that will be it. Uh, I won't have an understanding of it, but at least I'll have done my best for other people to at least appreciate it, if not understand it. Does that answer your question at all? Or did I just go on to a completely <laughs> different tangent? No, 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 it did. Yeah, I was just, I guess, you know, like that, it was really, I guess, really interesting that you mentioned that you've received that package yeah. and then, you know, you, I guess, kind of called it, I guess, a coincidence per se. Um, well, I, I have a superpower. I have to tell you that it's a crappy kind of superpower that you can't fight crime with. It's like, it's like invisible boy in mystery man. He can only turn invisible if no one's looking at him. Yeah. So it's really not a good superpower. So my, my thing, and it's, this is not a joke. I wish I could prove it to you, but it doesn't work that way. But every time I have a song stuck in my head and I mean stuck tied in there on repeat, if I turn any device that plays music, either the TV AM, FM radio, my computer, anything that plays music and don't select it, just open it up within minutes. If not already, the song will be playing. Um, and and it, it happens not just uh, once a year. It happens every week, several times. It's, it's really freakish. Yesterday I was, uh, I, I shut down my blog. I am shutting down my blog. And yesterday I, um, I started to revive my old, uh, I said, sorry, blog, my podcast and shutting down. I started to revive my old blog which is pop culture, just writing about movie, TV shows, and music. And I was, um, I was rehashing an old article I did about the Terminator. And I was writing in thinking, should I, should I really do this? Should I really go with old stuff or just go with new? And while I was doing this, um, my, my daughter, for some reason, likes to watch Top Gear, all reruns of Top Gear. So I've loaded them up on a Roku TV and she watches Top Gear. And they were doing a, a lap of their test track to the music of the Terminator. I kid you not. Oh, wow. So, so I thought, okay, well, if there is such a thing as a sign, just do the article. This sort of thing happens to me all the time. So I, I don't see it as a sign. I see it as a really, really, really weird coincidence, which I call my superpower. So, um, so that, that thing about the spin top, when it happened, I just chalk it up to my superpower, just working in different ways. Mm-hmm. That's I it. I got you. I'm not going to fight crime with it, though. I promise you. <laughs> um, well, yeah, you know, we, we want to thank you for, for coming on and, you know, sharing your story because, you know, we, whenever this topic came up, we didn't really know exactly how to um, go about it. Um, and so, you know, we kind of thought that maybe this is the way to just get people who go from one, one re- or from religious to atheist and vice versa. So thank you for, for coming on um, to share your story. I, I, I can guarantee, though, that you're going to have a lot of comments because religion is, well, everything offends everybody nowadays. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But religion, religion and politics are the worst thing. I mean, when you have a family dinner, there are the two things you do not talk about. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and you, you're going to have a lot of comments about everything that I said. And all I can say is this is my life. Yeah, judge no. Me, judge me when you've walked into my shoes and you have not yeah. yet. 
Well, yeah, that's, I think that's the reason why we wanted to do not a topic on what religion was, but someone's experience. And then that way, I don't think that you can, you can maybe comment about it, but I don't think that you can necessarily judge someone because that's your personal experience, you know? So, um, anyway, so, you know, before we had, uh, started recording, you had mentioned that you were wrapping up a podcast and, you know, after three years. So I guess congratulations on that, you know, for, for going for that long. Thank you. Um, you know, so what's the name of the podcast and where can they find you and all that good stuff? It's a music podcast. It's called After Midnight because uh, for the last 16 years, because of my children who are autistic, I work mm-hmm. nights so I can take care of them during the day. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was listening to uh, to music a lot at night, music that a lot of people don't listen to. And I, I wanted to do something to share my musical taste with other people. So the show is five songs about one specific topic. For example, um, recently, again, which is weird that I found you guys, I did two episodes recently about uh, heaven and hell. So five songs mm-hmm. about heaven five songs about hell oh, wow. so it can be anything from old jazz to rock and roll to pop to edm mm-hmm. and once in a while i get a guest who comes in and will uh, will submit five songs that they like uh, which is interesting to me because i discovered things that i never thought even existed and um, even though i'm wrapping it up i i made an effort conscious effort to make it evergreen so that if you listen to the second episode i did three years ago it's still going to feel fresh to you because i don't really do time references i don't talk about dates i don't talk about political events so if you listen to it you just listen to my musical tastes which which is why so you can listen to to my show again in 10 years and it's still hopefully going to be interesting to you mm-hmm. uh so it's uh podcast after midnight.wordpress.com i'm going to leave the wordpress uh, page off for a long time okay because i have my blog now which is uh canuckcritic.wordpress.com which uh which will be just uh, a continuation of trying to keep my sanity during all of this because <laughs> are we all man you're not you're not alone in that one thank you thank you so much <laughs> Yeah, I'll um I'll link all those in the bio whenever we drop this. Um, thank you. And again, you know, thank you for coming on. Um, if you like this podcast, smash that like button, that follow button, wherever the fuck you listen to us. Um, follow us on our social media. Uh, Instagram is Puzzle Minds Podcast. Twitter is Puzzle Minds Pod. And uh, we're still waiting for that one email submission. Uh, we still have not gotten one yet of any topic you think that we should talk about. Um, so shoot us an email at puzzledmindspodcast at gmail.com. And last but not least, thank you um, again, as always, to the at official block of the week on Instagram for the weekly episode cover art. Other than that, everyone stay puzzled. Puzzled.